also wipe those tears out of your eyes because it's better than the uh, dusty alternative. This is some kind of movie and we're going to talk about Marvel's The Avengers Infinity War. And we've assembled Mildly Please's Mightiest Heroes uh, to record this episode. And they are Sean Lemmy. John Otney. Paula Westman. Matt Kirsten. And um, it's been a while since we did some kind of movie. I, I guess we did one for The Last Jedi, so not that long. Uh, but I'll just remind you guys that our mission statement with this podcast is to find <laughs> out what kind of movie the movie we're talking about is. Good movie? Bad movie? Other? I look forward to the episode where we find out it's not even a movie. <laughs> what a twist. This, I, well, this is actually a book. You know what? I think Infinity War might be a candidate for not actually a movie. <laughs> it doesn't feel like most movies feel when you're watching it. <laughs> yeah, I agree with Colin. I think it is um, it is a movie that relies on you having seen 17 other movies or 18, whatever the number is. Um so because it avoids character development of all the protagonists and puts all the character development on the one antagonist and then basically just does fight scenes for the, the entire two and a half hour runtime. And like also you should watch it under the expectation that it's not going to be over by the time the movie ends. <laughs> There's not going to be closure and it's not going to like wrap up because it's not like a full movie. Yeah. So maybe the yeah, this is the first non actual movie you're reviewing. Do you feel that like because uh, you know, I wasn't sure if it was gonna wrap up or not. I thought it so might, honestly. Like... I thought it might. I thought like maybe they'd yeah. like send him to like some sort of other zone and he'll be like, I'll be back <laughs> like like some sort of closure, but like you know he's gonna be back. I because you know, when they got rid of that Infinity War part one, part two I thought they'd also yeah. ditched that kind of formula of how to structure the films, but I guess they didn't. Just looks less clunky, mm-hmm. which I'm okay with. So I guess we're already establishing that we're doing a spoilery podcast. Oh, oh yeah, this, this is a full spoiler podcast. Sean already yeah. said that. It's sad. What? <laughs> right, he opened it with, like, wipe away those tears. Oh. <laughs> well, those could be get, any kind no, of tears. Yeah, I mean, somebody who hasn't seen the movie would get that or what that means okay yeah so with so many characters with so many plot lines such a long movie how do you go about structuring a conversation around infinity war (laughs) yeah i think um the structure of this movie reminded me of uh tv shows Mm, it's like a season finale of a tv show especially a tv show with a big ensemble cast like a like a game of thrones where they're, they're just they have these they divided all their main characters into groups and they cut between them uh and you you kind of lose track of of the narrative momentum um and so you're kind of surprised when that's the end um but it doesn't really matter because every little scene with each group is entertaining and satisfying and that's enough so i was thinking for our podcast we just kind of talk about them in that same way in their in the little groups that they get themselves divided into um and hopefully we'll we'll not just recap them but actually talk about what we liked and didn't like 
Um, Because it'll be hard enough just trying to keep track of everything that happened in this movie. So the movie opens with um, our first team-up group, um, which we saw in Thor Ragnarok. They're still together. It's Thor and Loki and Hulk. Um, And presumably Valkyrie's somewhere else on the ship. Not in this movie. Um, Which... We hear that Thanos has killed half the Asgardians on that ship, so I assume that she's survived and is with those people. Uh, kind of makes most of the events of Thor Ragnarok seem like they're all in vain, like it like, didn't really matter, because like, pretty much everyone just died when they left the Asgard. So that's kind of a downer. Yeah, I mean, it just makes it even more depressing. Yeah. Still saved like, some people, I guess. I can't remember. I don't remember there being multiple ships, though, at the end of Thor Ragnarok. I don't feel like there was. I'm sure we'll, they're not going to just like forget about it. They always, they'll bring it up later. So we'll know about it when we need to know about it. But yeah, so many people are fucking dead by uh, Thanos and his Ginyu Force. <laughs> yeah, and that seems... Oh, sorry, Nancy. I was just going to say, I, like, I didn't even really... I don't know, maybe it's just because I wasn't thinking about... It's hard for me to, to, to remember exactly where I left off in these movies. I don't know. It's because I only see them once in theaters and I never really watch them ever again. Or I don't know. But like, so I wasn't, it took me a while to, to, to like, okay, you know, oh yeah. Okay. These guys are back together. Um, I couldn't really remember. So everyone on Asgard is dead now or, you know, I, I, I I guess I don't know. It's probably my fault rather than the movie's fault. Well, I think most of the people on Asgard were on that ship because the the evacuation in Ragnarok went pretty well. But half of them are dead because of Thanos' crew, and then the ship is blown up. So I don't know where that half that lived ended up. <laughs> so I wanted to ask: Has have you seen all of the Marvel? movies yeah i'm pretty sure i've seen all okay because i have two despite my apathy towards a lot of them uh except uh ant-man i've only seen the last half of and honestly i don't feel like i need to actually see all of ant-man they say that or the sequel really no they say ant-man is gonna be like might be like super important because there's that thing and we'll, i'm sure we'll get into it a little bit later sean maybe you can help me remember this that thing that's like the microverse or whatever it's called uh, the quantum realm the quantum realm supposedly that might play a part in mm. the next movie and they're going to explore the quantum realm more in the new ant-man so star trek <laughs> it, it it made me like it, it like i had to look it up after the movie like why was an ant-man in that i missed the line where he's like talking about how he's got to be a good dad and stuff <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They say that um, Ant-Man and Hawkeye aren't in this movie because they, they have to be good dads. It's a film of good dads and bad dads. <laughs> Someone's going to write a college paper. That'd be a great <laughs> route to go. <laughs> the fatherhood of Infinity War. God, it seems like everybody has daddy issues or... Is a dad, yeah. right, so let's get back to that spaceship so thanos and his crew are being jerks and loki gets killed do you think he's actually dead yeah that's the uh, the movie opens with like we're, this is serious this time people are going to actually die in these fights and so they kill loki and heimdall 
yeah. <laughs> do you think it, it has much gravity, though, whenever they do actually kill someone? Because you kind of just in the back of your mind are thinking, they're probably going to come back somehow. And that that's kind of, I feel like, the fault of, you know, all the previous movies having no main characters ever die. I think some of the early ones in this film, you're not 100%. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, I think there's a definite line that was drawn and it felt to me like it was on purpose that, okay, and especially after the end, that, okay, everyone that died before the end is really dead. And everyone that faded away to death is probably not dead. I think I, I, know, that, I agree with you on that. Um yeah. I, I, th- I mean, because the, the dust thing is like, okay, they're killing uh, uh, the character from the most profitable movie of all time <laughs> that doesn't have a sequel, and they're killing, you know, Spider-Man, who we know has a movie coming out <laughs> in a year or two, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, taking that cynical look at it, it felt like, okay, you know, Loki's been in ten movies, so he can die. You know, but <laughs> Yeah, they're probably not making another Thor for a while. The only one I was unsure of before the end was Gamora, because they are making another Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it's scheduled for 2020, so I don't know if they're going to mix up the formula of that, or if she's going to come back, she's going to have something to do with all those stones, because they have all sorts of powers. Yeah, she seems like such a pivotal part of Thanos' story. Mm-hmm. That I mean, we even saw that he goes and talks to the little kid version of her at the end of the movie. So that would bring like the possible like probably really death count to like two or something. <laughs> Just two guys at the beginning. Uh, I I I think Gamora's dead. I mean maybe we don't know yet. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, so where do we want to go from Thor and all those guys? Thor gets the ship gets like blown up. Ship when gets Thanos blown leaves. up. Yep. Um, but Hulk gets sent to Earth. Oh, that's right. So we could we could follow Thor's story or we could follow Hulk's story. Let's There's go with Hulk's story. Branching path. Okay, so Heimdall sends Hulk into Doctor Strange's house, mansion, place mm-hmm. in New York City. Um, Which one's Heimdall? I just have a... Oh, okay. I may be asking you who characters are over this. Yeah, there are I, I, so I, many characters. A, a lot of the time I just keep track of them by... You know, Remember he has the teleportion rainbow are. power. Yeah, got it. Okay. <laughs> he Continue. gets stabbed in the chest. Yeah. Um, so the Hulk lands and he meets Wong and Doctor Strange okay. immediately. And he tells them. Um, I guess he's never actually met them before. But he tells them Thanos I is mean, coming. Barely anyone's met Doctor Strange. He's just doing his own thing. Yeah. And that's the other thing is that, like, it's clearly been, like, years since the Doctor Strange movie, but it's never explicitly stated. Like, he's definitely way better at magic now than he was in the Doctor Strange movie. Yeah. Um, I guess you just gotta go with that. I mean, he can, like, time travel and stuff, so maybe he can slow down time and trade himself a bunch. I don't know. <laughs> I'm the wrong person to be commenting yeah, on this. smart, you know? Yeah, he's got the moves and the wits and the stuff he, and he maximizes his time i remember in the doctor strange movie they show that like when he's sleeping he astral projects himself so he can still keep reading books yeah see he's probably doing that just all the time i really enjoyed the doctor strange tony stark dynamic they were, they were pretty fun because they're like the same character yeah I, but <laughs> but i like how they like forced it in there they're like this is the same character but we're really gonna make him 
But, I mean, the thing about Doctor Strange is I didn't really like the Doctor Strange movie. I thought it was fine, but, I don't know, it's kind of my Ant-Man, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, he's, he's just, like, he's, like, hell serious now. He's not fucking around. He doesn't have time I, for any bullshit. Back to more, too. So, yeah, he recruits Tony Stark. Despite the fact that they never met, I guess he just knows he's the guy to go to. Because Tony Stark now has, like the sweetest nano armor he has all the technology he has now everything he has anime armor now <laughs> <laughs> and he recruits him and brings him back and he's like you gotta call steve rogers and he's like no nah, bro <laughs> yeah which is uh not a very tactical decision from tony stark who's usually pretty tactical i guess he was almost gonna call him it's got hurt feelings it's, it's they did feelings. fight a war against each other I get it. Yeah. They did fight the Civil War. And now they're in the Infinity War. Will they ever be in the Star War? Mm. Alright, so they're all they're all meeting up and they're chatting. And that's when uh, Thanos sends some of his, his bad bros down. I really like yep. that creepy one. The skinny guy? Yeah, he was fun. Ma. He, he looked a lot like a Star Wars character to me. Yeah, he did. Or he's, like the Crypt Keeper. The crypt keeper. He, was, he was very scary and pretty powerful. That yeah. fight scene, he comes down to get the Time Stone, which Doctor Strange has. And they have that sweet battle in New York with all the swirling psychic energy everywhere. Pretty into that. Yeah, and uh, that's when our, our good friend, uh, the neighborhood Spider-Man, shows up to join in the own fight because he lives in New York too. Um, on, and so do all the Defenders, but... Not Netflix. the same thing, Sean. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> get over it's it. Netflix TV shows. Yeah. Okay. Don't care. Trying to get a little Luke Cage in there, a little Daredevil. Mm. Yeah, but aren't they like not the same universe? Only if it's Ben Affleck, Daredevil. <laughs> Wasn't Kevin Feige like blow your fuck mind. those guys? <laughs> I think it was. They have this attitude of the like. For, if they had daredevil or luke cage show up in a movie people would be so confused it would ruin the movie there's just like no way it could ever work okay. which i just i um, totally reject that idea yeah might be a little confusing but i don't i don't know <laughs> unless you're just one of those people it's like i only watch movies but i feel like people who are like that you know watch more highbrow movies than <laughs> Avengers movies. Also, I feel like every Transformers movie is incredibly confusing and they drop <laughs> characters in and out all the time. People love that, so <laughs> I don't yeah. know why giving a nod to the Netflix shows would be such a bad thing. So, in that epic fight with Ma and Strange and Hulk can't, uh, Bruce Banner can't transform, Hulk does it. I guess because Hulk's just embarrassed, that's my guess. <laughs> or he's afraid of Thanos. Like, or he's afraid. Yeah. How did they? I, I'm trying to remember. How did they actually? Because they do kidnap Doctor Strange. How did they finally do it? What did he do? What was his, what was his finishing move? <laughs> I believe they uh, they tied him up. Just tied him up. Now I don't, I don't know. I don't know if we want to go through everything chronologically, but if I have to jump ahead a little bit and, and thinking to like what we learned about the Time Stone later and how like you know there's scenes where when Thanos gets it, you know, he like snaps fingers or whatever in reverse time. Mm -hmm. It makes you think, why isn't Doctor Strange just doing that every second? 
Like, I just feel like... And he has that fight later where he fights Thanos, and I feel like he's doing pretty good, and I feel like there's no reason he should have lost to this dude. But I get it. It's like, just because superheroes doesn't mean they're perfect, but, like, I feel like that time stone is a little OP, if you know what I'm saying. Like, there's so many ways you could have taken advantage of that, and I feel like Doctor Strange is smart enough to where that wouldn't have happened. But that's yeah, just Doctor me. Strange is pretty... Pretty much a plot hole character. <laughs> he can do like everything. He can play with rally and time. Yeah. And uh, like you, the time stones have been so incredibly overpowered in these movies. Like we saw Red Skull use it in Captain America to just like to basically tilt the favor of the war for the Nazis, and we saw in Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, that stone was like gonna blow up the whole planet, and um, and we and we did see the time stone in the Doctor Strange movie create that loop with Dormammu, the Rainbow Man, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I, I guess maybe the argument is because they're all so powerful, and that like it's this, the idea is supposed to be like a mortal person is not able to actually use an Infinity Stone, maybe like. Um, like when Peter Quill grabbed it, he was gonna die, except for the fact that he is a part god. Right. Um, I think that's a good explanation. Also, just take it as, you know, he's just he's not perfect. Just because he's got all these superpowers doesn't mean he's always gonna make the right decision every time. He's gonna make mistakes. So he gets his ass kidnapped, and yeah, well, and he gets his ass kidnapped because he put a spell on his necklace so that. Lord Voldemort couldn't open it and take the stone. <laughs> he does look like Lord Voldemort as well, yeah. He's like a couple things. <laughs> and, uh... So that... Yeah, so that sequence ends with um, Spider-Man and Iron Man jumping onto the ship that Doctor Strange has been kidnapped on. Um, and Spider-Man gets his super suit. And, and Spider-Man gets his Iron Man suit. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Iron Spider. But... Hulk gets left behind, and he finds that cell phone that Captain America gave Iron Man to call him up. Um, so, that lets us cut to Scotland, right. where Scarlet Witch and Vision are on a date, and Vision has flesh now. She calls him Viz once, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Viz. she's... When she said that, I was like, what did she just, like? And I was like, oh, I couldn't remember. Like, does he have, like, a name? <laughs> <laughs> Can't you just call him Jarvis, I guess? Yeah, seriously. He used to why, be Jarvis. It just said such a lame name. Jarvis? Well, uh, they explain in this movie that he's not just, like, he sounds like Jarvis, but he's also part Ultron and part Tony Stark. Yeah, he's a lot of things. Bruce Banner. So he's Viz. <laughs> and they're enjoying their romantic getaway. Yeah. And, like, contemplating With whether or not flesh. to... And it's, but yeah, a stone's it acting up. Why does he have that flesh? Uh, and I guess the important thing to remember there is that he, uh, Vision sided with Iron Man in the Civil War, but Scarlet Witch sided with Captain America oh, in yeah. the Civil War. So this is like a, a Romeo and Juliet <laughs> love story. Uh, and they're, they're having, the, I guess they've been, over the past two years between Civil War and now, they've been having a secret relationship. Um. And also, Vision got flesh. Why isn't that a bigger deal to you guys that he has flesh? I don't like it either because he's like 30 years older than Elizabeth Olsen. I'd be fine with him not having flesh for that reason. 
What, what's the big deal? He's like, he can like turn into anything he wants. He's like super powerful. He shouldn't have to though. She fell for him like in his original form. <laughs> yeah, but you know, he, he wants to, you know, he wants to look like Paul Bettany. So. Maybe he was just doing that because they, well, he was doing, I was going to say just because they're out in public, but he was doing it inside as well. So I don't know. Let the it doesn't do bug me that much, but I get it. I get it. <laughs> It's like, just be who you are, man. I, I think the other thing that bothered me about Vision in this movie is that he just, like, immediately gets stabbed and he's just walking wounded the whole rest of the yeah. movie. Uh, <laughs> if you remember, like, the reason that Tony Stark wanted to build Ultron and the reason Ultron wanted to build Vision was because of Thanos. Like, he had those, those nightmares of the aliens coming and invading Earth and he wanted to build something that could defend the planet Earth from... Thanos. I mean, he didn't know the name Thanos, but that was the idea. Yeah. And so that's Vision. That his whole job is to fight this army, and he seems like he sh- he is powerful enough to do that because he kicked everybody's ass in Age of Ultron. And so I guess the way they got around that was just by making him walking wounded the whole movie, <laughs> yeah, and getting brain surgery for a big chunk of the middle. He's uh, no match for a glaive. So I I think I think that weapon that he got stabbed with. Even though he is one of the Avengers that died without getting dusted, I I, I kind of want to see him come back just because I feel like he he got really fucked in this. Movie. <laughs> you need to see him phase. Yeah, that's like his whole thing. It's his whole thing. So yeah, because they get attacked by, I think I looked I looked at their names earlier. Or Corvius Glaive and Proxima Midnight, because all the <laughs> the squad has hilarious names. Yeah, and that, I actually I thought that was one of the better fight scenes in a movie that's full of probably the best fight scenes in Marvel. Oh yeah, there's that great fight on top of that cathedral, and it's just like all dark and desolate. And that was very cool. Yeah, and, and, and Scarlet Witch is getting the opposite treatment of Vision, where her powers are much more entertaining and exciting and powerful seeming than I think she's been in the past two movies that she was in. Yeah, this movie definitely made me like re-question like, so what's like, if you line them up, who's like the weakest actor and who's like the strongest? Like, I want to know like everyone's power level and everything. Because she's a lot more powerful than I recall. Because later on, she's like, oh, you can destroy the this stone. It's like, oh, but you're the only person that can do it. And we were wow. talking about this yesterday. So is Falcon the weakest then? It doesn't seem like he's ever done anything useful ever. Yeah, that's my choice ever. for weakest Avenger. Because I, I kept bringing up how an Ant-Man... When Ant-Man like barely knew how to use his powers, he still beat Falcon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's got like the best attitude. He's got the yeah. best attitude. It was the worst attitude. attitude. War Machine. War Machine. <laughs> I hate War Machine so much. <laughs> I'm just gonna say this. I was so mad when he did not get dusted. <laughs> I'm just not a fan. I, I liked um there's when they're fighting in Wakanda later in the film, I like that you see Falcon flying around with his two machine guns, like shooting like a couple guys at a time. And a war machine flies up there, and he just like fire bombs and just massive explosions. Yeah, why don't they just like nuke everything? <laughs> it's very patriotic. I love that like the one super American guy is just like shooting bombs at everything. <laughs> and so as they're fighting in Scotland, who shows up in a dramatic reveal? It's bearded Steve Rogers. That's sweet. They never call him Captain America. It's oh, always Steve Rogers because he well, doesn't like America anymore. Call him Cap. Oh, they do? Okay. Yeah, and Captain a bunch. <laughs> but not America. Yeah, not America. Because he never puts like his helmet thing on. 
And he ripped the star off his chest. Yeah. Still, there's still like a like it's an like outline, outline of a star on his chest. Yeah. yeah, Black Star. Black Star. And they show up and they kick ass. Yeah, he's with a uh, Scarlet Witch and Falcon, and uh, they kick ass and the aliens run away. And um, they had been called by Hulk, and so they go and recruit war machine like a bad first move i think it's smart to recruit vision and scarlet witch so that's the first move the second move war machine you guys recall the one point in the movie where i went up to go to the bathroom (laughs) (laughs) i saw war machine war machine (laughs) is is, i guess just alone in the avengers compound being yelled at by a hologram thunderbolt ross poor war machine i feel bad for him I don't know why you guys hate him so much. <laughs> He's just unnecessary. He doesn't add anything. I guess it also didn't help that before the movie, we were talking about how much we love how crazy Terrence Howard is. <laughs> and he <laughs> was replaced with less crazy person Don Cheadle, who is less entertaining. Perfectly normal person Don yeah. Cheadle. <laughs> and so they're back there, and Hulk's there. And Steve Rogers suggests they go to Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't remember. <laughs> because they won't want to do the brain surgery on Vision. Okay, okay. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's just, is it really like a good idea to do that? Like, I just feel like like they had some explanation, but I never really like understood it, why it was worth keeping Vision around, considering how dangerous it was and how much easier it would have been to just destroy the stone up front. It was just because the only... Yeah, the only person who can destroy it is, is the one person who wouldn't destroy it. I, I like, Okay, I feel like that's pretty lame. And also, they're not, like... They're not trading lives, right? <laughs> also, like, I can't believe that T'Challa let them into Wakanda, considering this, the how big of a deal this was. Like, it's like putting your whole people in danger. I, and I know, like, his whole thing from Black Panther was like, we're going to try to be more open and help the rest of the world, but it's like... I feel like you're just putting so much on the line here. I, I agree, but I also think that T'Challa has an overconfidence in Wakanda. Like he, he definitely believes like we are the strongest nation in the world. Like we could, like the world has its problems, and we can actually defeat them. And so, I mean, yeah, I think that's probably one of his flaws. So yeah, more interesting. And, and he's a good dude. He'd want to help out the Avengers because they're good dudes too. I think it makes sense given who he is. I, I, I also think like other members of the Wakanda like council would be like this is a fucking idiotic idea. It was like how many people died in that Wakandan battle just yeah. to try to keep Vision alive? I mean, how many people died in that Wakandan battle a couple months ago when Killmonger <laughs> took over? Yeah, what's the time, what's the time frame here? <laughs> I was really confused, and not to go into other movies, what the time frame of Black Panther was to Civil War. Yeah. It was really confusing. Because I think, I think, I'm not sure, but I think Okoye, the mm-hmm. like bald general, yeah. said that like there weren't a lot of the cape shield guys left because of the like of their civil war okay. with Killmonger. So I think it's pretty close. God, is this is like a week later. <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to go with, it's the time that this movie came out in relation to when Black Panther came out. So it's like four months. That's a safe bet. Yeah, which fucking sucks. Yeah. That's a rough year in Wakanda, man. <laughs> but yeah, they're going to Wakanda, and we see that what's his name now, White Wolf. White Wolf is chilling down there. 
Yeah. And that's pretty cool because I, I missed the last seed in, in Black Panther after the credits, so I didn't know anything about that. I like the uh, implication that all the Avengers, like when they go into exile, like all they want to do is just like farm work. Because that's what, like, Tony and Cap were like chopping wood in Age of Ultron when they went into exile. And then here we see that uh, Bucky is just like moving bags of grain or something. Good, honest work. Yeah. What else would they go back and do? It's a good point. I don't know. It's all they're qualified to do with all their crazy superpowers. Right. So they say they're going to go to Wakanda, but then we go to space. And we got the Guardians. Okay, yeah. So we'll switch back. So we that was what happened with Hulk. Um, and so Thor, in the meantime, his, that, his spaceship blew up. Um, but the Guardians of the Galaxy were responding to the uh, distress signal. Mm-hmm. And they get there, and they think everyone's dead, but then they ram into Thor, and uh, and they bring him on the ship. And um, I love the, the part where Drax is just admiring uh, how in shape Thor is. That's uh, good stuff. He's like, Some good humor in that, that is not a dude. You're a dude. This is a man. <laughs> I hate to backtrack into other movies again, but do they, so the Guardians don't have a ship anymore? Why do they have a, such a small ship? Isn't that just the Star-Lord ship? Well, I just feel like at the end they were hanging out in a way bigger ship. Yeah, but that was um, Yondu's ship. Okay. So presumably Sean Gunn has that. I thought they were like, that was their ship now. I guess not. This is again, this isn't important. I'm just trying to keep track of little details. All right, fine. It's a Starlight ship, and they're just cruising around. I get that. That's cool. And Thor, and funny. I like it. And he likes raccoon, rocket raccoon. Yeah, he rabbit. really sweet, likes rocket raccoon. Sweet rabbit. Rabbit, yeah. <laughs> and let's see. They need to get the reality stone. I love that you're trying to remember the names of the stones. That's so hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Thor says. Okay, help me, John. The Mind Stone and one of the other stones. Soul Stone? The, the Time Stone. No, the time one Doctor Strange Okay, well, I'm not sure so where you're going Those are this. on Earth. <laughs> and then the Reality Stone is uh, is on Nowhere. Yeah. From the end of the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And Thanos has the Power Stone and whatever one the, the Cosmic Cube Tesseract thing was. Yeah, and so the only one they don't know of is that's the, soul the power stone. stone, right? Power. The power stone is in the tesseract, I believe so, right? Oh, yeah. So what was the other one that he had to start the movie with? Because he has two. Time, power, reality, soul, mind. And this is one of the things I liked about the movie is I was kind of nervous going into it, like space. I, I can't space. remember space. Okay, so yeah. he has space. Space stone. <laughs> but I couldn't remember anything about any stone from any movie. I definitely needed like some recapping. And I feel like yeah. they did a good job of reminding us where everything is. And they, yeah. kinda, they did a good job of not making it that important. Like, it's just, there's stones. He's trying to get the stones. Yeah. You know, and when he gets the stones, he's going to be real bad. I, I also appreciated that, like, every time he got the stone, he would, like, show off how it works. Like, yeah, that was, that was I, I guess good. he used space to like warp around, mm-hmm. and he uses power to kick everyone's ass. And he's and when he got reality, we, he does that trick, and when he gets time, he does that trick. Um, soul, kind of a gray area for now, right? I, I think you could say that he's that when he's fighting 
Doctor Strange, and he, there's like all the Doctor Stranges, and he pulls them back into one Doctor Maybe. Strange. And I think the only one that's really hard to understand is Mind, which is why they saved it for last, and so he just uses it to do his thing at the end of the movie. Uh, I thought that was very clever of them, just like, we'll just keep the Mind Stone in vision until the very end of the movie. Um, so the, the Guardians split up with Thor. They send Rocket Raccoon and Groot with him to go to a dying neutron star where Thor can forge a weapon to replace his hammer uh, and defeat Thanos, while the rest of the Guardians decide to go to nowhere to try to get the Reality Stone before Thanos can. Yeah, good so far. <laughs> okay. So, we, so we're splitting up again. We are, our already split up team is now split up. Uh, which way do you guys want to go next? I feel like... If I'm trying to follow the order of the movie, I feel like we go with the, the the main hunk of the Guardian squad to nowhere. Okay. So they go to nowhere, which like seems ravaged, but it still like seems like like the collector's place is still like there. Yeah, it's like uh, it's messy, but also evacuated, not like destroyed. Yeah, and the collector's there. And the collector's there, being tortured by Thanos. Right, and so they're trying to come up with a plan to kick his ass. And uh, I, I liked, like, Drax at this point is full comedic relief character. He's, He's hilarious. Uh, and it's good. And I also appreciated that they just, they've forgotten that thing in um, the first Guardians of the Galaxy where he wanted to kill Ronan and, instead of Thanos, which is his backstory from the comics. He wants to kill Thanos. In this one, they're just like, he just wants to kill Thanos. They just, like, rewrote it. So that's what he always wanted, I guess. Um I also like Mantis in this movie a lot because she's always doing something funny in the background. They basically never draw attention to her, but there's lots of like little touches, like like when they they get into like battle mode, she like takes like a little prank Mantis pose, which is just ridiculous. When they get on Titan, she's like bouncing around in the background. Just, it just took me a while to remember who Mantis was. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's the antenna lady. She's That's antenna why lady. I love the Guardians. They're so wacky. Yeah. They're wacky and they make a lot of bad decisions. Mainly Star-Lord makes a lot of bad decisions. Mm -hmm. they go, they go, they're plucky, as they said in the movie. Which doesn't always work out. <laughs> uh, um, so they uh, have a horrible plan to attack Thanos and it doesn't work out. And then Thanos reveals that he actually had the Reality Stone all along, and that uh, probably everybody on everyone on Nowhere is is dead. Even Howard the Duck. <laughs> <laughs> I think Howard the Duck got out. I hope so. I mean, he was out of his cage at the end of that first movie. So, like, would he choose to go back? I don't think so. He'll show up. We're not done with him yet. <laughs> Um, and that has the uh, the scene where uh, Star Lord uh, tries to fulfill his promise to Gamora of killing her, but uh, because of the Reality Stone, when he fires his gun, it shoots bubbles, which is, I feel like is a pretty Doctor Strange joke move for Thanos to do. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Thanos be trolling. So once again, our group splits up because Thanos takes Gamora, <laughs> right? Uh, but the other Guardians go to Titan. So choose your adventure, guys. Um. Oh man, let's go to let's go with Gamora. 
Okay. To that weird Voldemort, whatever that planet was called. <laughs> Volmorvir. I don't know. What it's called. <laughs> I don't know. Nancy, you know that planet. The one that Red Skull was Sad. death on. Yeah. Sad planet. Sad. The Sadlands. So they go to the Sadlands. Uh, and they go there because Gamora um, secretly had found out where the Soul Stone was. And uh, Thanos had threatened to kill Nebula, who she had patched things up with. Um, and so she agrees to give him the stone to save Nebula's life. And so they go to this planet, and Red Skull is there, and that is the biggest surprise in the whole movie. Nobody saw for that you, coming. Maybe. Yeah, there's one that's a little bigger for me, just a little bit. Unbelievable. The Red Skull returns. Pretty unexpected. After probably eight years. I liked it. I know a lot of people don't like Red Skull and really don't like the first Avenger movie, but I thought it was cool to see that. That's I like what happened fine. to him. Uh, yeah, it's fun. Well, cause like, yeah, I feel like he's a reasonably memorable yeah. villain. <laughs> he's scary looking, at least. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. I didn't even know that it wasn't Hugo Weaving. Yeah, I didn't know that either. But they... Yeah. Uh, he seemed me. a little more German than I remember. So yeah, that, was, <laughs> <laughs> that was one giveaway. Speaking of accents, Scarlet Witch... This is done being yeah. European, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's it came in at times, though. But it was, like, later in the movie. So I was like, when did, when did this happen? Because <laughs> she was just talking, like, with a flat American accent in the earlier scenes. That was bizarre. You know, people... If you spend a lot of time in a country with people with a different accent, sometimes you adapt to that accent. So maybe... Maybe that's maybe she's like, oh, she's been living with Americans for such a long time. I guess, but she's in Scotland. In first <laughs> Whoops! I don't know if that tracks. Well, she's hanging out with Vision. He probably has like perfect English. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. He has. He has a, He's basically totally a GPS. English. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Gamora and Thanos climb the big mountain to meet Red Skull. And but they find out that the only way to get the Soul Stone is to make a sacrifice of someone you love. She's like, ha, you can't get it. But he's like, I'm going to get it. You know, there's tears. <laughs> and he cries. And uh, yeah, I think at that point, holy shit, this is a really good CG character. Like, seriously, like, like watching, uh, I, right before this, I watched the, uh, you know, popular YouTube channel reviews. And uh, comparing it to... Uh, the really bad bad guy in uh, Justice League. Oh, <laughs> oh, like, like the whole time I'm like, not distracted by it, but thinking like, you know, how much of this is motion capture? Did he ever wear a mask? Like, it looks really good. And that was something I was worried about because I felt like on the preview, or like on the trailers, and like I don't know, maybe just on my computer screen, it didn't look that great, but. It looked really good. Yeah, especially because, like, I feel like um, his his generals, whatever those people are called, like Voldemort and Carrie Coon, <laughs> like, they, they look like video game characters. I thought that Voldemort looked good in yeah. some close-ups. That one dude... With the like the big dude who got his arm chopped off in another dimension, yeah. that guy looks like shit. Yeah. Oh, I guess <laughs> what I'm saying is like you look at them and you're just like, oh, these are the CG characters in yeah. this movie, and 
for whatever reason, somehow Thanos does not Maybe have it's that. It's because like for we me. know it's Josh Brolin, and it does look like Josh Brolin. Yeah, he just looks very human. He's got a wide range of emotions, and he's a good character. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about his character and his motivations as we go on. Why not now? Why not now? <laughs> Thanos. I was totally expecting Thanos to be kind of meh, like so many other Marvel villains have been in the past. But for you know, a handful of reasons, I thought he was one of the best villains they've done yet. I think it's because like his motivation to me is clear, and I can like see how from his perspective it seems like a good idea. But that's like also what makes him a great villain is that he thinks that his idea is a good idea, even though the rest of us like that's that's insane. Yeah, but he's so, so passionate and dedicated to that idea that that's yeah. what makes him so evil. But he thinks it's, he's doing a good thing. It's the same vein as Killmonger. I mean, it's the same. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's just like he talks about balance so much. I don't understand how killing half people is yeah. balance. Like, what? What is that? What is? <laughs> yeah, that kind of threw me off. It's like, well, it seems like you're just. Well, I mean, yeah. Really, the only example he gives is on his planet. There's too many people on that. Yeah, on. yeah. Oh, I don't mean to say it doesn't make sense why he wants to do that because he may, he states very clearly that like that's what he wanted to do on his planet, and they didn't let him do it, and then it didn't work out for that planet. But I just don't understand how that ties into balance. Less people, less problems. <laughs> balance. Exactly. It's all good. Just like that knife thing where you show the balance and the knife thing that he gives to Gamora. It's all about balance. Yeah, and it would be so much more balanced if they got rid of half the knife. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, interesting. But yeah, I mean, Thanos, uh, he's, he's, he's great because I understand what he's doing. I get what he's doing. I don't agree with what he's doing, which makes me hate him. But like, also, y- you feel for him kind of because he just like, he does love Gamora. He's just a bad dad. Yeah, that's, I think, I said at the beginning that like, he's the only character development in, in, the, in the movie, really. It's his, yeah, it's his movie, basically. He's uh, the main character. And it, it's so interesting to see his. Uh, well, not so. It's an action movie. Whatever. It's kind of interesting <laughs> to see his, um, like his his internal logic, his his mm-hmm. um, like kind of soft nature that he overcompensates for because he has this crazy mission. But like, I, I believe that he genuinely did not want to kill Gamora. And also, there's just all these other scenes where he'll he like. He could kill everybody, but he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't explain at one part what he's doing. Is like this is mer- I'm showing mercy. Yeah, he believes in mercy, which is interesting. He's not like Ronan in one of those past movies. Who I feel is like a control the galaxy, obliterate everyone. Yeah, which is fucking stupid. Well, look forward to more of him, Captain Marvel, coming 2019. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Who's Ronan again? He was the guy that Lee Pace played. He's the main bad guy of Guardians oh. of the Galaxy One. Yeah, that defeated guy. in the dance battle. That was really the only part where he was interesting because it was funny to see like this really yeah. serious villain go up against this really comedic guy. So, yeah, that guy's fucking lame. <laughs> that's, that's my commentary. <laughs> they're bringing him back, and they're bringing um, Jaiman Hansu's character back for Captain Marvel next year. Okay, let's talk about that then. We we talk about it near the end because I do want to go into that, but I want I like I like that we're trying to like keep the conversation focused by kind of following the plot of the movie <laughs> so gamora dead for good maybe seems like it for now yeah and he where... throws her off a cliff if you haven't seen the movie i'm just trying to get those spoilers he throws her off a cliff <laughs> and she hits the ground and the ground kills her all right so do we do we want to go to titan or do we want to go to 
the blacksmith place. Oh, sure. We haven't checked in in Thor in a while. That, that's a pretty quick one. So that was the big surprise for me. They go to the, I don't know if it's like a planetoid or what you want to call it, um, some floating workshop where they're going to get, uh, Thor's going to get his new weapon, and that Peter Dinklage shows up. And it's funny because he's like talking about how the weapons are made by the dwarves, and Peter Dinklage is a dwarf, and he's finished playing dwarves, and there he is, but he's gigantic. He's gigantic. And I just remember one guy in the theater going like, what? The, what? Huh? what? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because he doesn't really have like a, like, a, like a reveal where it's like you see the back of and then he like turns his head, and he's like, oh my god, it's Peter Dinklage. It's just, it just Peter Dinklage is there all of a sudden. I feel like I head. heard a guy who was like, oh. <laughs> like he had like a nerd gas of his seat. <laughs> yeah, it was like, Jesus Christ. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this is what it feels like when nerds come out. <laughs> so that was pretty sweet. But like the he explains how Thanos he made the gauntlet for Thanos and then Thanos basically killed everybody and they can't power the star that they need to power like the smelting part of the thing. Yeah, we don't know how blacksmithing works. <laughs> but I said smelting, that's something. I got one part yeah. maybe right. But what it turns out to be is that Rocket Raccoon and Thor team up to like get the thing spinning again. But then even that doesn't fully work, and so Thor's got to like hold it open. So that so basically he just has to get blasted by a star for a while, so that Peter Dinklage can build an axe. Hell yeah, that's pretty sweet. Okay, so now we can go to. I think we. I think the natural progression is you want to go to Titan. Before you go back to yeah. Wakanda, because the movie ends in Wakanda. Uh, I guess I'll just point out, Groot is in the movie. He's just being like a punky teenager. Uh, he comes I, handy, like I like the part where he goes, "Ed Groot," and everyone's like, "Whoa!" <laughs> Hilarious. So they go to Titan, and by Titan, and that's when the oh yeah, that's when the Guardians meet up with uh, Tony. You know, I guess like, we didn't talk about the fact that they killed. Ma on the ship. On the ship. They just sucked him out. I was pretty surprised because that battle in New York lasted so long and I feel like they just sapped him out into space. But then again, it's like, you know, just because he's powerful, people make mistakes. That's what I keep telling myself. It's like, these guys aren't always going to make the right move. Sometimes they're going to make mistakes and accidentally get killed and get sucked out into space. It's just going to happen. Um, so why did they know to go to Titan? Why did Tony... And Tony convinces Doctor Strange to not turn around the spaceship. Yeah. Um, because uh, he talks about how he's been having these nightmares about this Thanos fight. And for once, he thinks they have an advantage. They can go to Titan and catch Thanos off guard because he'll be expecting Voldemort to show up with the Titan Stone. Um, and so that's, that's, that's Tony's idea. We'll go there. We'll have our one shot to take out Thanos and catch him off guard. As opposed to going back to Earth where Thanos will be prepared to fight you. Right. So they go to Titan. The Guardians go to Titan. They all fight for a bit, which is fun. That, that was the funniest line in the movie for me is when they, uh, they have all each other. Everyone's pointing guns at each other. <laughs> and they're, like, they're slowly figuring it out. Who uh, And there's the like Where's Gamora? Who's Gamora? Why is Gamora? Exchange. I've got one for you. Why Gamora? <laughs> Drax is killing, man. He's getting all the laughs. But I think 
Star Lord one up one ups it for me and has the funniest line in the movie when Doctor Strange says, "What master do you serve?" and Star Lord goes. Am I supposed to say Jesus? Am I supposed to say Jesus? <laughs> that is, you're right. That is the best joke in the whole movie. I love hilarious. that because that's when he, that's when they realize, like, how do you know who Jesus is? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how, what do you mean? How does Star Lord know well, who Jesus like, is? They don't know. No, he's no, that's from Earth. Oh, right, 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 right. Of course, they don't know there. I get it. But they explain what they're all after. They're both after Thanos. So mm-hmm. they team up, and it's kind of an interesting dynamic because uh, Star Lord's very headstrong, and Tony is very uh, strategic, and you know calculates, and it's kind of fun seeing them butt heads. Yeah, I liked that the like we talked about how Doctor Strange and, and Iron Man are basically the same character. I feel like Star Lord is another one who's like he's basically just like the default superhero character in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, and so they changed it so he's he's a little more plucky, a little more headstrong. In this one, so that he's able to kind of stand out and still like maintain his character distinction amongst this group of superheroes. And uh, one thing before they fight uh, Thanos that I find very interesting that I've probably been thinking about the most out of anything in the movie is the scene where uh, Doctor Strange is sitting down and meditating and he's playing out all the different scenarios in his head. And they say, how many scenarios do we, do we come out on top? And he says, one. And that, like, I keep going back to that and thinking about all the events that come after that prediction he makes, and every single decision he makes is like, is every single thing he does because that is the one possible scenario? Like, I, you know, I heard people saying like, "Oh, it's so dumb how he gave him uh, the time stone." Was like, he probably has to because that's the one scenario works out, or he needs Tony to live because that's the scenario works out. Literally, maybe even I know how it works out. So (laughs) why would you? Why would you? Even like the. Yeah, even the thing that like seems so frustrating at the time when they're fighting Thanos and it seems like they finally got him and then Star-Lord gets all pissed off and he gets free, maybe that's part of the only timeline that works is that has to happen. I don't know. I like that moment too because it was very similar to the one at the end of Civil War where like in the same way that you know that Star-Lord probably knows that he shouldn't punch Thanos but he, his emotions are getting the better of him, there's the scene in Civil War where Iron Man like knows that his enemy isn't Bucky and, and Captain America, but seeing that video of his parents getting killed by Bucky, he just his emotions take over and, and he has to fight them. So it's it's like a it's like a universal weakness of these Marvel leading men that eventually their emotions will take over and they'll make a stupid decision. But in this case, maybe that had to happen. Maybe. <laughs> so they fight Thanos I'm curious what you guys think of that fight because at this point we've we've pretty much already discovered that Thanos is like so super strong and it's probably not he's probably not going to die in this fight. Does any of these earlier struggles with him like have any weight to them when you know like they're not going to really do anything? Not to really, him? but like I thought it was it they did it well because it wasn't like it wasn't just okay. Let's have you know forty Avengers just fight him at the same time and beat up on him and it's going to take an hour and a half and we know nothing's going to happen. You know? Like they avoid they avoided that, which which I thought was really cool. Like it was there there was a lot of fight scenes, but it, but it wasn't you know, it wasn't like Man of Steel or anything. <laughs> yeah, and you could see that Thanos could get like a little bit hurt and like hey, they almost got yeah, the glove off. Yeah, that was really know? creative, so... you know, how they used uh you know the bug lady to 
to do that and, and he, he, the, yeah, even that was like and... you know not working very well Iron Man's using one of the like or just thousands of gadgets he now has he just yeah. has everything <laughs> which is pretty sweet but it's like dude how do you do that <laughs> um, yeah I appreciate that they were so inventive in the fight scenes they didn't do the um, like the video game thing of the good guys beat the boss in the fight, but then the boss goes into a cutscene and wins the fight anyway, which is kind of <laughs> what I was expecting. Um, it it always was entertaining. I was never, I never was bored watching them. One, which is crazy because it's two and a half hours of fights. It should have been insanely boring. They're just well put together fights, you know, and everyone's got interesting powers and. Uh, it's not done like Transformers where it's like really quick editing. They're really just like all over the place. Just very focused, very well thought out. Yeah, so like that fight with Thanos, we, we saw the, the the team try to put their, their strategy together. It didn't work out. And then we got to see Thanos versus Doctor Strange one-on-one, which is like we kind of a return to the trippy magic of Doctor Strange. Oh, that was so he cool does, when like, he made so many of them. Multiple arms and then multiple hymns. And he touched tie them up with ropes that are magic butterflies butterflies <laughs> I don't know, to, to me the, the, it, didn't, it did not feel like a two and a half hours of fight movie i don't know like i i thought i was surprised how little fighting there was i don't know if that makes any sense it just it, it wasn't the fighting on the grand scale i thought it was going to be it was much more intimate because I think what helps is I, I wouldn't say it's like non-stop fighting. It's like a good amount of fighting and then a good break and then fighting a break. It's like well paced. It's not just like like a I, I mean I didn't see like the last Hobbit movie, but I can assume or like oh, some Lord of the Rings thing was just like fighting for like you know ninety minutes or whatever. It just it gave you like your breaks. Yeah. It gave you minutes to catch your breath. And I, like, and I mm-hmm. really enjoyed how they kind of carpet, you know they they split everyone up. It wasn't. It wasn't 40 Avengers in the same room screaming at each other. (laughs) (laughs) Screaming at each other. You just can't hear anything because everyone's talking over each other. So yeah, they get their asses handed to them on Titan. Uh, I'm trying to remember what Thanos does after that fight. He warps away, I think. Yeah, he he gets the time stone. He needs to go get the mind stone from Earth the only one left and and so yeah this is our all of our splintered plots are finally coming together so that's one group the other group is all going to come to wakanda um most of them are already there mounting their defense um against um the two or three remaining thanos people um and then they reveal that they have a army of monsters (laughs) Sure. Whatever Aliens. those were. The Quiet Place bad guys, <laughs> I think, based on what I've seen in the trailer of that movie. Yeah, they're not that far off. <laughs> uh, so yeah, going to Wakanda and all the squiggly wigglies are going around the dome. Yeah, they have a shield dome around the whole... Is Wakanda the name of the city or the country or both? It's the country. Is the country all the it's city? Like the Vatican. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So what? <laughs> it's the Vatican so with tell spaceships. Me what movie this battle reminded you exactly of? Oh, I know what you're gonna say. 
I think I kind of know what you're going to say. I'm the only one who doesn't know <laughs> what, what you want Shad to say. <laughs> I mean, there was just a very, like, eerily similar movie that... I mean, not similar movie, but similar uh, set piece. That, you know, it was just... It was pretty much a joke that the, ripped this off. You know? it, was, it was kind of embarrassing. Because they already did it perfect the first time. I don't know why would they try to do it again. <laughs> I want to say, but I'm not sure if I get, I've got it right. But I feel like I, I feel like I might. What is it? Are you talking about oh, Phantom yeah. Menace? Yeah, because yeah, they got the big, the big bubble, and they got the people trying to get through the bubble. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about that until because <laughs> they can't get through, and then at some point they can get through. Yeah, they just have to it was always through. a little. They just had to walk yeah. right through. <laughs> Except in Phantom Menace, they were like also throwing bubbles around. But like, right. I feel like even though Wakanda the soldiers, things. they kind of have those blue shield type laser stuff. And... <laughs> yeah. But it it all made sense, right? Like they they yeah, had I, a shield, and I just thought it was fun. The, the monsters were like were able to get through it by just ramming into it so hard, like such a mass of bodies that like eventually chunks of them were getting through and then a few of the monsters were getting through and they realized if they let this happen through around the whole dome then that eventually they wouldn't be able to defend everything because because 360 degrees is hard to defend and so they open up part of the shield so they can have a big fight and they're doing pretty good in that fight so i get it like, at first i was like oh can't you just send some dudes to the back or something <laughs> but i get it. it's probably pretty big and it's like when they let them through they're doing pretty good you know you're talking about war machine just dropping bombs just <laughs> killing everyone um maybe i'm sure a handful of wakandans died but for the most part i feel like they're handling it pretty well yeah i like um they have um bruce banner who has given up on trying to turn into the hulk because I think Hulk's scared, uh, but we don't know. Um, I mean, the Hulk is so scared of Thanos because he got his ass kicked in the first five minutes. And he, you know. I think this guy's ego, Bruce. I think he's just embarrassed. <laughs> so they put him in the uh, the Hulkbuster armor from Age of Ultron. Kind of give him that that Hulk experience without actually having to transform. Cool. And it, it totally threw me because, I mean, you know, like the big slow motion scene from like every trailer is them all running in wakanda and the hulk is there so i was like wait waiting for it to happen yeah yeah they really uh they really play with my expectations there just like that i assumed you know i didn't even think about that so what the hell is that shot it's not in the movie it's so weird that they just made that for the trailer i'm sure there's a similar shot but he's just in the hulkbuster thing that's crazy to me that they changed it like that. Isn't there also that that line in the trailer where he talks about like fun doesn't come into your mind when you think about balancing the universe? Like, isn't that line not in the movie either? Like, like the most memorable line from the trailer. I still can't remember the line. From the trailer. <laughs> I think yeah, I I definitely heard about some lines that people said weren't in, actually in the movie that were in the trailer. So interesting. Also. In the trailer, they make that like face-off between Captain America and Thanos seem like it's like the fu- final battle, when it's yeah. just really you're like that's just something that's like going on while something more important is happening. Uh, yeah, for me that was um, kind of the, the biggest surprise and almost disappointment that um, I thought Captain America's group was going to be basically our main group of characters in this movie, and in the end they were one of the least seen uh, 
teams. Yeah, it, it's funny because I thought the Guardians have the least screen time, and I feel like they might have had the most. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm guessing I'm guessing that balances out with what Avengers four will be. Oh yeah, seeing where this how this ended. So yeah, let's 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 cut back to that battle. Um, everyone gets their asses kicked on Thanos' side. Uh, Hulkbuster beats the big CGI monster guy. I'm looking up at his name is Cole Obsidian. Cool. So they changed his name for the movie because his name is just Black Dwarf in the comics. <laughs> well, they didn't want because they already have uh, the Peter Dinklage dwarf stuff. They didn't want too much dwarf and stuff. Proxima happening. Midnight fights all the women Avengers. Uh huh. Because that's balance. Because you gotta have the women fight the women. Sean was pointing out why is that always like that? Why are the women always have to fight the women? But it's cool. You know, it's a cool scene, especially how she dies. They like, throw up in that weird like grinding device. Seems like a pretty horrible way to die. <laughs> yeah, it's rough stuff. It was cool to see um, Okoye and uh, Black Widow team up because they're like the two people that seem to fight with spears the most. Spear team, and of course, meanwhile, uh, Black Panther's sister is trying to get the Mind Stone out of Vision. And I can never tell like how close she really is. Yeah, I never really could tell how close she, they really she got. Says there are trillions of connections and we see her doing like one at a time touching the, so it's like we're getting there it looks like it's just like they're cutting the line over and over again right? <laughs> um I, I did like that they like clearly established that she's the smartest person in, in the world uh they have the scene where they're talking about how vision was built and she questions bruce banner's decisions and he's just like oh, we didn't think about that so there you go Shuri, smartest person on earth. Marvel Cinematic Universe is equivalent of Reed Richards, I guess. Until we get new Reed Richards. Until we get new Reed like Richards. 10 years. Um, so Thanos, I guess, shows up at some point. <laughs> Trying to remember. So he didn't make much of an entrance. I um, remember how we got there. The the attack does get uh, Vision and Shuri uh, out of the laboratory. Um, so he's still got the, the Mind Stone in his head. Um, and so he also gets wounded. Uh, yeah. I think by the same guy that wounded him before. Clave. What? That, that, you're talking about that goblin dude? Yeah. Like Corvius Glaive. Just funny because the Glaive is the kind of weapon he uses. <laughs> yeah, okay. He just looks like Green Goblin. Yes, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they kill him. He, Vision gets to kill him, right? Yeah, it's good because they're constantly fighting throughout like the whole movie. Um, but he doesn't get to like really fight him. He just gets stabbed, and then Captain America fights him, and then Vision's sneak attack kills him with his own weapon. With his own weapon. Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. Um, and so we're back to where this group started, where Vision's like, "You got to kill me and destroy the gem to." Uh, Scarlet Witch. And she doesn't want to do it, but she's going to try to do it. But that's when Thanos shows up. And then everybody kind of fights Thanos one at a time. Yep. Instead of all at once. It kind of just makes it seem like they're just fighting him in the order that they arrive there. Like they're not all there at once, maybe. Mm hmm. So I'll buy that, I guess. Though it does, it, you know, you, you wish that. It doesn't even, it doesn't matter. They, if they all got there at the same time, it still would have heated the same results of not being able to beat him. With the exception of Thor. Who has used his new axe to bifrost his way to Wakanda, but I guess he's just too busy 
killing the bad guy army. He's got to kill them all the army first, yeah. Everybody. Maybe he just like didn't know where they were. He's like looking. I guess, yeah, everyone else has earpieces in. They're all talking to each other. The horse is flying around. He's not psychic, okay? (laughs) That's a good explanation, actually, John. I'm into that. (laughs) He just didn't know where everybody go. where everybody was. He's busy. He's got a lightning thing. That is so fucking sweet when he comes down with uh, Stormbreaker and, you know, just whams Thanos in the chest because. I was seriously thinking, okay, so maybe they'll, like, kill him and then he'll just, like, come back somehow on the next one. Like, I honestly thought, maybe that'll do it. Like, that's a pretty well-placed hit. But, of course, Thanos is just like, you should have gone for the head. And at this point, the Mind Stone has been destroyed. But then, like, we find out, because it's got, I guess because it was the Time Stone, you can just Mm -hmm. reverse time, and that didn't happen. And And then he grabs Vision by the forehead and rips it out. Yeah, that's pretty cool. He turns all black and white. He turns all black and white and he's got a big caved-in head. But maybe he's okay? Maybe? Maybe. Okay, and... I'm just trying to think how much more before it ends. No, that's... That's it. Like, Thor's... Thor stabs Thanos, but Thanos says he should have gone for the head and he does his snap. And everybody turns to dust. Half of everybody. And it's really sad. It's a really sad way to end a movie. Yeah, uh, I, I saw everybody like, who are you most sad about? And I think for me it's Star-Lord, man. Uh, for me it was Spider-Man, because he's like, he's very scared. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty sad, too. I think it's just because now like, I have to think, like, I think of the next movie, I'm like, oh man, it's going to have Star-Lord for a big chunk of it. We don't, we don't know how fast I, like have him around. around. <laughs> but, but I... But the thing is, like, and what That's I, true. Know, I've heard a lot of people say, and I agree, is, you know, every, the people that died are, you know, the people that survived are pretty much the original Avengers. And so this is going to be, the next movie is going right. to be, yeah. you know, a good way to close out the original Avengers by giving them their last movie, you know. And then, yeah. Right. And I've already started hearing theories. <laughs> One of my favorite ones, which is, I, I don't... I don't know that they'll go that route, but it's kind of interesting. Is what if they used the uh, <laughs> oh, what if they used the soul stone <laughs> somehow got it, and then like all the original Avengers killed themselves to bring back everybody? My problem with that theory is, well, who the fuck's gonna bring back all the guardians? You gotta kill enough person because it's gotta be people like you love or know, right? For that to work, even. Like, reverse that somehow. But that was just to get the stone. Now he has the stone. I guess we don't really know the capabilities of that particular stone. We know, like, what it takes to get it, but we don't know what it really does. So, that was one theory I heard. But I feel like it's going to be something different than that, even though that is kind of interesting, that they have to sacrifice themselves to bring back the new class. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think it'll be... um... It'll be the last ride for some of those original Avengers, definitely. Uh, but not for all those people that got dusted, because they all have sequels coming out pretty soon. So, yeah, does that mean, like, this movie just, like, if you know everybody's going to come back, like, does it make it seem it's kind like of pointless? Line, yeah. I don't think it's pointless, because I, I really feel like everybody's dead, except for the dusted people. Well, because, I mean, when you think about it... Everybody? Rocket Raccoon? No, no. I'm He's dead? The dusted people aren't dead. How did he die? But he didn't get dusted. 
Oh, yeah. What are you talking about? He didn't about? die. I'm confused. Are right, are you talking about like you feel like all the remaining Avengers are going to die or that all the people, all the people that died before, before the Dusty people are definitely dead? Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought you meant. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So all the people that are, are already dead before that last event probably are probably dead. Reverse time sure. like a little bit. Just a little bit. And they, and they can't do it a lot because, you know. Just a little bit. And like Thanos is still alive. And stuff. There's, there'll be some reason why they can't do it all the way. <laughs> <laughs> right so then yeah then that, that that's the fun part is kind of trying to speculate how what are they going to do how are they going to bring everybody back and it's interesting that you know in our post credit uh, sequence we now know that that is very intertwined with how Captain Marvel is going to play out because at the end you got Nick Fury and Kobe Smulders and everyone's getting dusted and he sends out a distress call right before he gets dusted I love saying dusted by the way yeah <laughs> And the Captain Marvel logo pops up. Yeah, I love that his pager just switches to the Captain Marvel logo. There's no subtlety there. I for sure thought that's who it was going to be, too. I couldn't think of anyone else it could have been. I tried to think of like what would have been a funny thing for it to, to be. Like, Howard the Duck? Howard the Duck. Batman, you know, it's just whatever. a big D. I don't know what the Howard the Duck logo is. Maybe just like his bill. So that's interesting. <laughs> Because, you know, uh, Cap Marvel is a prequel, too. So we're going to probably learn more about yeah. how that plays into it. I, I thought that she was probably going to show up in an Infinity War. And then they would do the thing like they did with Civil War and Black Panther, where they introduce this character and then go do the backstory. But I guess not. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. It's a lot of buildup for that Brie Larson, though. Yeah. I wonder if Thanos is going to be any part of in any part of Captain Marvel seeing that Ronan is a part of it I heard the conflict and I don't you know obviously plot details are scarce right now that it's it's like a uh, Captain Marvel gets in between like a scuffle between two different warring races I think one is the Kree and I'm gonna guess I don't know that the other might be the Krulls there's Skrulls what are they called? Skrulls because the Skrulls are in it the U and a K and I believe uh it, it's been hinted at that Ben Mendelsohn will be playing Super Scroll. We'll probably Whoa, be the main, Ben main Mendelsohn! <laughs> Again, the main bad guy of everything. He'll probably be the main bad guy of... Uh, or at least uh, the bad guy on one side of Captain Marvel. And Ronan will be the bad guy on the other side. That's my guess for how that's going to play out. And it's interesting to see how that will play into everything. It's funny how like Marvel has so nailed like superheroes in space. And I feel like... Uh, DC really tried with Green Lantern and just fucked up so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and they've also finally made the dark and gritty superhero movie. That's Everyone's another funny thing. For. It's like DC's been trying to make like a gritty thing for so long, and like Marvel beat them to that as well. Yeah, or I mean, of this style. Obviously, the Dark Knight is dark in a very different dark, way. as in you can't see anything. Dark in <laughs> more like, than one way. This movie was still hilarious. All gray, all like, black. Yeah, no, I it had think, great I don't, jokes. This movie was and, dark, yeah, but it wasn't thing. You should have a movie that has lots of... <laughs> but yeah, I guess it wasn't gritty, but it was definitely dark in that it ended in a very dark, sad way. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people compare it to Empire Strikes Back. I don't know, I feel like even seeing Empire Strikes Back for the first time as a kid, and obviously I knew about Return of the Jedi, there's like a, there's like a glimmer of hope. And even though we all know that obviously they're going to win and everything... It's like it's tough because you don't know what they could possibly 
do to improve the situation so that's what makes it seem even darker is it seems yeah hopeless. like in empire there's like a little bit of hope like yeah they're like we're gonna go <laughs> rescue them you know we're working on a plan this is like oh my god i mean we know that han solo has been kidnapped and luke he he lives and like they could still just go back and fight you know vader and all those guys but luke will you know continue his jedi training blah blah but it's like, and this is like, uh, Thanos is like the strongest thing ever, and he killed like half of the universe. Like, he seems, a, it seems like a little bit more of an uphill battle. So, it is really interesting to think, oh man, how are they gonna stop him? And that's why uh, it's so interesting that we have these two Marvel movies coming up, uh, Captain Marvel, and even apparently Ant-Man is now supposed to give us some hints at what direction they might need to take yeah i'm very intrigued by the implication that um at ant-man the wasp and hawkeye are going to be like crucial members of so the avengers in this is, fourth is movie Ant, like when does ant-man and the wasp take place they've said it starts before infinity war but but it continues okay. either during or maybe even after yeah Maybe you'll have like a post-credit scene where one of the, either Ant-Man or the Wasp gets dusted, which gives them even more of a reason to like we gotta get yeah. some shit done. But I, I'd like to think both Ant-Man and the because if they have Ant-Man and the Wasp and Hawkeye and the survivors, we finally got the original Avengers lineup plus Captain America. Maybe they'll just kill Ant-Man's friend. What's his face? <laughs> Funny guy. What's his name? Oh, the Hispanic guy? John Blank. Everyone likes Yeah, him. what's his name? Well, you know. I, I want to I at least get that would, like, be a, that would be tough to handle. A big part of Avengers 4 to be, you know, like that guy and Spider-Man's friend and like all, 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 all. <laughs> Those are all the people that have to team up. All oh, the man. Do you guys think Ned got dusted? I love Ned so much I couldn't oh, yeah. remember his name. Oh yeah, John Favreau. John Favreau. Yeah, they need to make the, 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 the friend. They can call it friends. I'm sure at least one Stanley survived out of all the hundreds of Stanleys. So he can be there too. Cat Dennings is there. Cat Dennings. God. It's funny trying to think about all the supporting characters that have been in past movies. Stellan Skarsgård yeah. running around his underpants again. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's about as many as I can think of. So yeah, it's funny that it's going to give, like now people feel like, well, I guess we got to go see Ant-Man because there's supposed to be stuff in there that might help us, you know, give us some hints. Yeah. I, I remember last night, John, we were talking and you, you brought up like, I have just no interest in this Ant-Man after everything. and It just like, is, this movie's so big. It's like, does anything really matter <laughs> after this, you know, to see like Ant-Man do whatever he's going to do? I don't even know he's fighting in this. He's fighting what looks like a character from the video game Destiny. <laughs> I, yeah, that, that thing with the gray hood or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I wish I could speculate more, but I really feel like we don't have a lot to work with because they haven't given us those pieces yet. Yeah, too. Uh, you know, Adam Warlock's probably a part of it in some fashion. He was a big part of the Infinity War in the comics, right? Yeah. I think that's what I think of her. In, yeah. I, is it a spoiler if I tell you how the Infinity Gauntlet thing turns out in the comics? I don't 
think so because I don't think they're following it that closely. Uh, Adam Warlock gets the gauntlet with all the stones and he unsnaps and brings everyone back. Alright. It seems like uh, unless they're just like, eh, we're gonna not work with like we're done with the Adam Warlock thing. We're not gonna go that route, even though he had his his post credit scene in Guardians of the Galaxy two. I wonder if they will bring him in, and then who you could possibly cast as the perfect human? Because I feel like that's Adam Warlock's thing is like he's the perfect. Yeah, they already have specimen. so many perfect humans. Who is the perfect specimen? It's like the most perfect human, like Channing Tatum. He's pretty perfect. Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. I would love to see Michael, especially if they make him look like Adam Warlock, has like stupid blonde hair. So if like it's Michael Fassbender, like a blonde wig. <laughs> that's a pretty serious double superhero casting, though. Like he's already been Magneto so many times. That's true. <laughs> it's funny to think about what characters have already been superheroes and what other like Ryan Gosling. <laughs> yeah, Ryan. Perfect Ryan Gosling. Is Ooh, what perfect. about Army Hammer? Ooh. <laughs> compared to any of those you know one thing i wanted I'm to mention really your adam warlock is, um, real quick most of the time i was watching this movie i was thinking about how bad x-men apocalypse was Just, <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny that you mentioned that because i watched a little bit of the red letter media um review of infinity war today and they talked yeah. about apocalypse and showed yeah, some slight clips like, from it's it it's funny how and it wasn't that bad when I was watching that movie, you know? But but when you're watching this movie, you're like, man, they're doing mm-hmm. a very good job compared to... I guess there is that superficial uh, similarity where it's like, here's an all-powerful ancient villain, and he, like, I mean, he has purple. his like four minions that, that they have to defeat, and he's purple. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I didn't even think about how... The X-Men franchise tries to get here first for that movie. <laughs> really fucked it up. So I'm just looking at some fan, poor, very poorly photoshopped fan casting for uh, Adam Warlock right now. Oh, it looks God. like Viggo Mortensen, Nikolai Kosterwaldu, and I think that's Simon Baker from, like, the what's that show called? The Mentalist or whatever? <laughs> okay. Hardly. Uh, Nikolai Kosterwaldu is, is close, but the other ones are not close at all. We'll see who becomes big players as the series goes on. Uh, I guess this would be a good opportunity to bring up. Is there anything in this movie that you guys don't like or bugged you? It's a movie that I really didn't have a lot of problems with. There's definitely, like, early on, I was like, this feels like a pretty average Marvel movie to me. But I think it kind of, as it built on, I got more engaged. And especially by the end, I was, oh, fuck. I think the title of this section should be called Colin's Corner. Well, I think it's something that's just kind of by design that the first half of this movie is like so much of a plot overload of just laying all the pieces on. It's just like exhausting, but it's kind of the only way they could have done it if they were going to tie all of these dozens of superheroes together. Like, it's just like, I don't think there was any like elegant way of, of setting everything up it was, it was just gonna be a bit much and it was but they did a pretty good job of, of setting up you know a lot of stuff I don't think I have any other huge uh, beefs with this movie um, Colin do you have any sense where you would rank this amongst the, the best of movies? all time hmm 
no. <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, uh, out of the three Avengers movies, I still like the first one better, and I like this one better than Age of Ultron, which weirdly is like my least favorite Marvel movie. I don't know why. I think maybe at that point I just reached a breaking point where I was just like, I'm so bored of this shit. Like, fuck this. You want to get real, real calm? What? I'm pretty sure Age of Ultron is the only Marvel movie you saw without me. Maybe. Maybe it's that's not with why. Me. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like weeks, weeks later, and like at that weird what theater was that? Maybe that contributed to it. that was the it had like scratches theater. all over it. Yeah, that was like the last time I saw. Well, not the last time, but it was the last time I saw like a brand new movie on actual celluloid film. Yeah, it was like it was, it was weird watching like these perfect digital effects and like scratches and hairs like all over the screen. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like some grindhouse movie or something. Yeah shitty audio too uh, <laughs> but i, I yeah I, I like watched that movie again a while back and like yeah it doesn't really do much for me i don't think it's my least favorite but it's probably like my second least favorite so i the thing i always come back to with age of ultron and the reason i like it more than other people is that to me superhero movies should be about the difference between superheroes and the average person and age of ultron has like a great emphasis on like the first half is superheroes like coexisting with society and the second half is superheroes saving people in a over-the-top disaster situation yeah. and um i i like that i like i like like the to me the fantasy of the superhero is m- much more compelling when it's cl- it's set in something closer to reality and this movie does not have any of that this is <laughs> like we're where super powerful people fighting someone who's even more super powerful and the stakes are half the life in the universe not saving this person whose car is going to fall off the bridge i see what you're saying but i didn't really feel that until uh civil war came out and where the bad guy was someone who was personally affected by that because even in age of ultron we're still watching everything through the eyes of the avengers like it wasn't until i saw someone who was not a superhero like talk about how it affected him that i really felt the weight of that that's why i like civil war yeah. uh, a lot better and civil war might be my favorite but this is pretty close it's either this or civil war is my favorite of them of the modern marvel movies yeah civil war does age of ultron better than age of ultron did yeah civil war is my favorite avengers movie despite not being i guess technically an avengers movie yeah yeah i don't think i like it as much as civil war either but um but i liked it quite a bit yeah it's good but like winter soldier though i like winter soldier quite a bit too but i like civil war better than winter soldier so i like black panther a lot too it's definitely up there for me Um, nancy want to want to rein in this uh, this podcast for us shut it down with a exciting closing good, thought. Did a good job, everybody worked real hard. I really appreciate it. Um, I actually had one of the other things that stood out to me was, I mean, and this is very personal, but I had a personally excellent uh, theater experience, and the I cannot say that for the last uh, I don't know many times I've been to a movie theater I don't really enjoy going to the movie theater because everyone is super annoying and there's always like a guy you know right next to me or right behind me or that's just being a total asshole or whatever you know but but man like I just felt like an energy in this theater that was it was so fun the guy next to me was like having the time of his life 
and in a super genuine and super not annoying way like i was just like i told him after i was like i enjoyed how much you enjoyed that movie <laughs> i told him that and shook his hand he was you actually told him that and, and so like I don't know, it, it kind of reminded me okay this is why you go to the movie theater for for big events like this it was pretty fun <laughs> but he was just like he was like oh, are you like I don't know. He yeah, was I mean, talking was... in the movie, like you know, with the movie, kind of, but in in a way that was not annoying me at all. It was hilarious. It was, it was great. He's like, oh, "Are you kidding me? Oh my god!" <laughs> it reminds me of my Get Out experience. People talking at the movie. Sometimes that can be a yeah, good thing. Yeah, yeah. They're talking for the right reasons. But yeah, I think Colin, you were gonna chime in. We saw it at Cinerama. Cinerama is almost always a good crowd. Yeah, I mean. It was it was a particularly good crowd, but yeah, you kind of are expecting that experience uh, at Cinerama, especially if it's a you know a fan favorite franchise like these Avengers movies. It it really helps those like big moments feel big when like suddenly everyone gets quiet or <laughs> they go they gasp or whatever. Yeah, and I definitely felt like there were moments where the laughs were so big that I couldn't hear like yeah. a few lines after the big laughs. The, the scene with Thor on the Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> ship, I feel like I heard half the dialogue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially when Chris Pratt started doing like a Thor voice. It's just, they lost control of the audience. They need, they need to take long laugh breaks between each line. I feel like there was one scene where there was a joke and then it just cuts to Tony Stark's reaction like it's a sitcom. So And people were just laughing and he's not saying anything. <laughs> So it's like there was a couple of times where like they knew this was fucking hilarious. So just give it a little bit time to. But uh, also stuff like Thor showing up in Wakanda and people like cheering because he's just exploding lightning on everybody. <laughs> like that's way more exciting with the crowd than it will be watching that on home video later when you're just watching special effects on your TV. Yeah, totally. Hey, I got one thing. What do you guys think they'll call the next one? Because I, I got my idea. I think they're just gonna call it. Avengers. They're gonna drop the the. <laughs> oh, just like that new Terminator movie. Mm-hmm. Terminator. I think my guess, and not this isn't gonna be it, but I'm going with Avengers End Game. Because of the thing Doctor, Doctor Strange, Strange says, it's End Game. I was like, that's sweet. It's fucking End Game. You want to chime in? Uh, <laughs> Avengers Apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny there's definitely some titles that i can think of like oh that would actually work but that's already been used by like a way shittier movie or something like you could definitely call it like avengers like rise of the fallen or something because <laughs> like if those people are going to come back it actually makes sense and stuff i like it if they call it apocalypse but they bring in oscar isaac to play adam warlock <laughs> oh nice you know that actually worked really well too because his hair and just had it blonde like no that, I'm, I'm for that <laughs> fuck apocalypse fuck apocalypse <laughs> well uh unless nancy you have a title okay nancy's is four <laughs> ventures um so i think uh, you did a good job, though, answering the question of what kind of movie The Avengers was. It was a good movie. Everyone worked really hard. Well, I thought we discovered that it's a TV episode. <laughs> or it's, or it's not a movie at all. Episode. It's a season finale of a TV show that you know is coming back. It's already been renewed for another season. Um, 
So thank you for listening. You can find more podcasts like this one uh, if you search on iTunes for Mildly Please, or you can find stuff written um, about movies like this one on MildlyPlease.com. I think we've probably reviewed every Marvel movie. Probably. It's the only one way to find out. Go to that website. (laughs) Uh, So thank you for uh, listening to this, and we'll speak to you next time. All we are